0: I'm Alora. I'm Brianna. And we are Sisters, Sisters of, of lore, lore, the reread, rewatch podcast of the most magical lore. So fill your pipe
1: with some Longbottom bottom leaf. Pour yourself a butterbeer. And don't forget, toss, toss a, a coin, coin to, to your witcher. Bee. Hi, guys. Hey. How's it going? We're finally back after a short intermission
0: hiatus sorry you guys our schedules they were just not lining up whatsoever so we were finally able to make it work this
1: week and i'm so sorry y'all had to wait so i guess we'll just jump right in let's do it
0: I'm sorry, I'm actually really tired, you guys. It's only like 8.30 and I'm like ready for bed,
1: so. Earlier we were like, Mac Jones! Seriously, so. So, last episode we watched the first movie. We got to see the magic of Hogwarts. Yes, in person. Yeah, see everything that we've been reading and get to see it all brought to life. See his first year, meet all the awful people and all the great people. Meet Severus Snape and (laughs) Draco Malfoy. And all the different ghosts and crazy things that Harry Potter didn't even know existed up until now. Minus peeves. We did not get peeves. Well, that's accurate.
0: Very and as sad. much as we say, like, there are certain things that we dislike about the series, like, I mean, we love this series as a whole. We love the movies, we love the books, like, you know, oh, we yeah. love them on their own as their own things.
1: The movies are a whole different entity, in my opinion. They're not really the same as reading the books in any way. I,
0: agree, so. 100%. I do think that they were a nice translation of something very long that a lot of people didn't want to commit to, but they have an easier way to go about it. So I'm right. for it. Um, but we'll go into a quick, quick summary. Um, we start back at Privet Drive for the summer as Harry awaits his return to Hogwarts. It wouldn't be Harry if there wasn't a wrench in his summer plans and it all starts with a house elf. So join us as we as we go through our first episode rereading Harry Potter and the Chamber of
1: Secrets. And short disclaimer here. This is like my least favorite. Honestly, I think I would rate Chamber at the bottom for me.
0: I actually agree. It's um it's not as enticing as a lot of them are. Like Chamber um like Sorcerers is good cuz it's a nice intro. This is kind of a filler. And then four too. I do like four, but there's a lot of sports stuff in it that I just skip over a lot of, you know?
1: And I mean, there is a lot in this book, I feel like, that is really good. Like, I mean, there's good information in this book. You learn things later on, and it's definitely a pivotal book and it's important, but it's just not my favorite.
0: Especially making connections with like Slytherin and that whole line. And I do, you know, I like that. I think it, every book and every, Every piece of information that Joe gives us has a purpose. Like there's nothing that Joe puts out there that doesn't have a reason. And I think it's just important
1: to note that. So starting off with the worst birthday, not sure how anything could beat sleeping with a threadbare blanket, but (laughs) we start off at the Dursley's breakfast table with Vernon throwing a tantrum about Hedwig. And Harry says she would chill if he just kind of lets her out so she can fly around and stretch her wings. But Vernon insists that he knows what will happen if she's let out. Like what? She'll be able to stretch her wings and hunt for her own food and not keep you up all night long?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Maybe send a letter to his friends? Like, none of those are bad things that would keep Harry out of your hair. So
0: True. Um, and of course, like Petunia and Dudley are there as well. Dudley demands more bacon, and by the sounds of it, this dude is fucking huge at this point. Um, I know I mentioned it in the movie recap; like, he never gets quite as large as um, as he does in the books. So this it's just interesting, um, you know, like what she's doing to Dudley. Like, Petunia can't see that, and she keeps saying, like, she's worried about the school food and that, like, he's not being fed enough, but she's, uh, she's, like, borderline neglecting and abusing him by the amount that, that he's consuming, you know, but um, just to give you an idea, it says, Dudley, who was so large, his bottom drooped over each side of the kitchen chair, grinned and turned to Harry um, and honestly, like I'm sitting in my kitchen chairs right now and they're average, and I still have about like three inches on each side. <laughs> like that's, that's crazy. Like drooped over the side. Like I don't know. It's just wild.
1: At what, 13, 12? Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah like so unhealthy. Yeah. Just so unhealthy.
1: So this is also the part where we really get a good glimpse of how Vernon feels about magic. Yes. Um, You know, Dudley says, pass the frying pan, and Harry Potter looks at him and says, you've forgotten the magic word. And then everyone blows up. Um, Dudley gasped and fell off of his chair with a crash that shook the whole kitchen. Mrs. Dursley gave a small scream and clapped her hands to her mouth, and Mr. Dursley jumped to his feet with veins throbbing in his temples.
0: (laughs) Um, It is like absolutely insane how they react. Like we all grew up with say the magic word and everyone knows it means please. Like I honestly guess to the Dursleys like even something as basic as manners with Harry are absolutely terrifying.
1: So then we're gonna talk about Hogwarts again, how wonderful of a school it is. Harry says that he missed Hogwarts so much. It was like having a constant stomach ache. He missed the castle with its secret passageways and ghosts, his classes, though perhaps not Snape, the potion's master. The male arriving by owl, eating banquets in the great hall, sleeping in his four-poster bed in the tower dormitory, visiting the gamekeeper Hagrid in his cabin next to the Forbidden Forest in the grounds, and especially Quidditch, the most popular sport in the wizarding world. Six tall goalposts, four flying balls, and 14 players on broomsticks. I never attended Hogwarts, obviously, but I miss it just as much as I think Harry does. Um, and it's probably a huge reason why we rewatch the movies and have a Hogwarts castle tattoo, because I just want to be able to see the castle.
0: Girl, ain't right. that the freaking truth so this is also where joe summarizes basically everything that happened in the first book um do i think that this is important sure yeah um especially because like this is a series and there were a significant amount of time like or there was a significant amount of time between publishings do i like them now no like especially because we're rereading them back to back so it's really like stupid to be like oh god here we go with like three pages of (laughs) summarizing harry's first year. and it is a total relief when she does stop doing this in book four. Um, in book four, it does start different. I know quite a few people who like skipped ahead because they just kind of assume like the first chapter was gonna be a recap again, but it is not. So um, this is one of my favorite moments in the movies. Uh, Vernon is preparing everybody. Sorry, my child is trying to figure out how many blueberries he can fit in his mouth at that That's safe. <laughs> fuck oh my child ladies and gentlemen um <clears throat> but it's when Vernon is preparing everybody for the dinner party with a big potential client and his wife and I love this so I'm gonna try to do it justice I'm gonna try to do it like the movies <laughs> okay um not with all the different voices though because I cannot do a British accent um so
1: yes, yeah. I said. can just
0: when I'm drunk and that hasn't been for quite many moons <laughs> um I think we should run through the schedule one more time, said Uncle Vernon. We should all be in position at eight o'clock. Petunia, you will be in the lounge, said Aunt Petunia promptly, waiting to welcome them graciously to our home. Good, good. And Dudley, I will be waiting to open the door. Dudley put on a foul, simpering smile. May I take your coat, Mr. and Mrs. Mason? They'll love him, Aunt Petunia (laughs) rapturously. (laughs) excellent Dudley said Uncle Vernon then he rounded on Harry and you I'll be in my bedroom making no noise and pretending I'm not there although I do like when he says I'm pretending I don't exist I like that one in the movie but still said Harry tonelessly so I guess I should have said it "'I'll be in my bedroom, making no noise "'and pretending I'm not there.' "'That was probably more like how he said it. Um, "'Exactly,' said Uncle Vernon nastily. "'I will lead them into the lounge, "'introduce you, Petunia, and pour them drinks at 8.15. "'I'll announce dinner,' said Aunt Petunia. "'And, Dudley, you'll say, "'May I take you through the dining room, Mrs. Mason?' "'said Dudley, offering his fat arm to an invisible woman. (laughs) "'My perfect gentleman!' sniffed Aunt Petunia, and you, said Uncle Vernon viciously to Harry, I'll be in my room, making no noise, pretending I'm not there, said Harry dully. Precisely. Now we should aim to get in a few good compliments at dinner. Petunia, any idea? Vernon tells me you're a wonderful golfer, Mr. Mason. Do tell me where you bought your dress, Mrs. Mason. Perfect, Dudley. How about, we had to write an essay about our hero at school, Mr. Mason, and I wrote about you. And that's where I'll end it. Um, They obviously go on to ask Harry what he's going to be. And he does say again, he will be in his room pretending he does not um, exist in their house or their lives. Um, So, yeah, good times. It's honestly my favorite part. I hope you guys enjoyed that.
1: (laughs) I mean, I enjoyed that quite a bit. It
0: was so good. (laughs) Sorry.
1: So Vernon and Dudley leave to go get their dinner jackets at this point. Um, Petunia and Harry stay behind and Petunia is preparing the house for the dinner party so Harry goes out the back door quietly singing happy birthday to himself. He says no cards, no presents and he would be spending the night pretending not to exist. That's some really dark shit.
0: Yes, I agree. It makes me so sad. Like tears dude, like total tears. Um, Harry at that time thinks about missing Ron and Hermione and we learn that he hasn't received any letters from them all summer. Uh, Harry had been reminiscing and blankly staring into the hedge when he realized the hedge was staring back at him. It says two enormous green eyes. <laughs> <clears throat> Apparently they scared Leonidas from here. <laughs> um, this obviously startles Harry and he jumps up just in time for Dudley to make
1: an appearance. So at this point, dudley being the awful spoiled brat child is facts comes outside 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 all right outside out <laughs> <laughs> of sight man okay so he comes outside and he says i know what day it is saying dudley waddling towards him the huge eyes blinked and vanished <laughs> what said harry not taking his eyes off the spot where they had been seen I know what day it is, Dudley repeated, coming right up to him. Well done, said Harry. You finally learned the days of the week. Today's your birthday, sneered Dudley. How come you haven't got any cards? Haven't you got any friends at that freak place? And then Harry says, you better not let your mom hear you talking about my school. And he says, why are you staring at that hedge? And Harry's like, well, I'm trying to decide what would be the best spell to set it on fire. <laughs> Dudley stumbled backwards. A look of panic on his fat face you c- can't dad told you are not to do my magic he said he'll cut chuck you out of the house and you haven't got anywhere else to go you haven't got any friends to take you jiggery pokery <laughs> in a fierce voice <laughs> focus focus squiggly wiggly
0: so good so good <laughs> so good Harry, honestly, though, like, most definitely has had the worst birthday. Um, he ends up having no food since breakfast. Um, Aunt Petunia definitely, like, makes this kid suffer for even threatening, like, the use of pretend magic. Um, so he gets no food since breakfast. He's working hard as ever in the hot his birthday. He finally gets to eat, but has to be quick about it so the Masons don't see him. Um, So he rushes upstairs to his bedroom and he finds someone is waiting for him.
1: Can I also just point out that his dinner was a lump of cheese and some bread. Yes. Like
0: Like I said, he has not eaten since breakfast. She makes him do this horrible stuff. I'm sorry, I didn't even write it down, but... um, He has to,
1: like, clean everything outside and, like...
0: Yeah. It says... Harry cleaned the windows, washed the car, mowed the lawn, trimmed the flower beds, pruned the water, pruned and watered the roses. Sorry. No, he did do that. That's, I'm reading it right now. Leo doesn't think that's what happened. Um, and then repainted the garden bench. Uh, and that just sucks, man. Like, that's literally how this dude spent his birthday. Hungry and alone and working his ass off.
1: I just want to point out that that is how I spent my birthday this year. Because I had to work for the first time ever on my birthday. So that was sad. Anyways, this is where we move into chapter two Dobby's Warning. Or as Brianna likes to call it, Dobby's Warning.
0: Dobby, Dobby, Dobby. 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 Does it matter?
1: So Dobby's <laughs> a house elf. <laughs> it matters. And all house elves share similar striking features. Large bat-like ears, bulging green eyes, long and thin nose, and small in size. Dobby is wearing a pillowcase with rips for arms and legs.
0: Harry can hear the Dursleys and the Masons talking downstairs as he tries figuring out why there's a health house in his bedroom. The whole situation conversation just literally sucks for Harry.
1: He asks Dobby to sit, which leads to Dobby sobbing loudly. Turns out (laughs) Dobby is upset because he's never been asked to sit down by a wizard house elves as well as most other magical creatures are not viewed as equals in the wizarding world they're um and this is like this is a huge theme throughout the books you know making people realize that they can't just treat other people like crap
0: and honestly i mean it happens with centaurs it happens with werewolves like there is a lot of um magical creature stigmas and such um but this is the first time that we see Dobie punishing himself. He does this a lot, honestly. And it turns out Dobie has to punish himself anytime he basically steps out of line. I did. I did say this at Dobie. Um, he punishes himself. For, she's like giving me looks in the camera, you guys right this is not <laughs> adobe
1: paint okay
0: okay um he punishes himself for almost speaking ill of his family um the house that he serves so each house elf has one family that they serve um pretty much for generations <clears throat> and this comes more into play we'll we'll see that more in book five yeah book five <clears throat> um is it book five? yeah i just started reading it and that's when we get to grimald
1: we do see a little bit in book four
0: oh yes 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 yeah
1: you're right with crouch yeah okay that's well not not just crouch but just like the treatment of house elves in general
0: yeah and that's when spew happens um which is a hermione thing we'll get into that later it's a big thing that is not in the movies at all um and i mean not like it needed to be but it is such a huge theme like throughout all the books that it's kind of ridiculous that they left it out but whatever um anyway
1: i mean it's not a good part but So
0: he does have to like punish himself for almost speaking ill of his family, um, revealing a most terrible plot. And sometimes his masters just ask him to punish himself just for the hell of it. So that's sad.
1: So Dobby at this point reveals why he's come to see Harry. He tells Harry that there is a plot to make most terrible things happen at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Apparently, he's known about this for months and needed to warn the great Harry Potter. He must not go back to Hogwarts.
0: The issue is like he can't actually tell Harry what the plot is because it would interfere what his duty or with his duties and promises to his family. So that just like totally sucks. But he does reveal that it isn't the doing of Voldy Bear. So we know it's not Voldemort. Voldemort is not the one that gave the orders. I'm pretty sure here Adobe is referring to Horcruxes. So I'm going to read this and maybe someone will agree with or tell us what they believe this is referring to. But this is my headcanon is this is what he's talking about is Horcruxes. So keep this in your mind, especially if you've never read the books um, or even if you have if you've never thought of this. Keep this in mind. Albus Dumbledore is the greatest headmaster Hogwarts has ever had. Dobby knows it, sir. Dobby has heard Dumbledore's powers rival those of he who must not be named at the height of his strength. But sir, Dobby's voice dropped to an un- to an urgent whisper. There are powers Dumbledore doesn't. Powers no decent wizard. That is where I think he's talking about Horcruxes. I agree. It's just if he's saying like no wizard like there there's dark dark magic that no what is darker than Horcruxes? is? Because we do find out later, like, that's nil. Like, there's, like, nothing darker. Like, this hasn't even been attempted by any wizard prior, you know? So, like, that's got to be pretty dark shit. But, yeah, that is, that's my headcanon. So, if y'all feel the same, I mean, if y'all have thought about that, like, send that our way.
1: And then, as Brianna so wonderfully told everybody... Dobby then kicks his own ass again for revealing the most secretive stuff, which unfortunately the group downstairs has now heard. So Vernon makes his way upstairs, and Harry shoves Dobby into the closet, just in time as Vernon didn't catch sight of Dobby. Vernon threatens Harry before leaving his bedroom to salvage his Japanese golfer joke.
0: (laughs) Which I love. (laughs) Um, So Harry pleads with Dobby, like, Hogwarts is his home. He has friends there, and this is when Dobby tells him, friends who don't even write to Harry Potter and that's when Harry knows that Dobby has been intercepting his mail all summer Dobby figured if Harry believed his friends had forgotten him he wouldn't want to go back and I kind of like get that thought process but Harry is treated like literal garbage at the Dursleys and I don't think that's something that Dobby had planned on or maybe even knew of um and honestly like garbage is treated better than he is at the Dursley household like at least he gets taken out regularly like (laughs) Gets fed enough. Like, so I don't know, like, with or without friends, I think he'd still rather choose to go
1: home to Hogwarts, honestly. And this is when Dobby does something really nasty to Harry. Harry tried forcefully getting his letters back, but Dobby won't return them until he promises to stay away from Hogwarts. Harry just can't do that. So Dobby runs downstairs with the letters while Harry sprints after him. When he gets to the kitchen entrance, he sees Dobby with Aunt Petunia's giant pudding floating in midair. Harry pleads to Dobby, but Dobby chooses violence, so aggressive, and the cake falls to the floor.
0: So sad. The pudding is all over the walls, the windows, and Harry. Vernon tries playing it off as if Harry is a disturbed child. Uh, Vernon says some more threats before returning to do damage control with the masons, and Harry scrubs the kitchen clean.
1: Harry's uncle didn't get to make the deal after a barn owl flew into the house, and it turns out... Mrs. Mason is scared shitless of all kinds of birds, and Mr. Mason thought it was a cruel joke. Vernon, pissed, makes Harry read the letter. Let me just get to that. Okay, so the letter said, Dear Mr. Potter, we have received intelligence that a hover charm was used at your place of residence this evening at 12 minutes past nine. As you know, Underage wizards are not permitted to use or perform spells outside school, and further spell work on your part may lead to expulsion from said school. Decree for the reasonable restriction of underage sorcery, 1875, paragraph C. I'm dying. Also ask you to remember that any magical activity that risks notice by members of the non-magical community, muggles, is a serious offense under section 13 of the International Confederation of Warlock's Statue of Secrecy. Enjoy your holidays. Yours sincerely, Mafalda Hapkuk. So good. <laughs> it was on point. <laughs> Adam's looking <laughs> at me like i nuts. He what? But Adam's looking at me like I'm nuts. So it's okay.
0: No, that was spot on. You you know you can tell we've seen the movies a lot when we can pretty much nail like the voice. Except
1: she says, "Hoping you are well, yeah, Mafalda Hapkuk."
0: Well, Mafalda Hapkuk.
1: Just wait till we justice. get to the wars.
0: <laughs> Like I love Vernon's Justice. Oh, so good. So good. Um, anyway. <laughs> moving on. Um, oops, I lost my place, homie G. Um, G. I'm so sorry. I had to click on the other thing and edit it. But...
1: We're two up
0: from chapter right along. There we go. So sadly, the Dursleys now know that Harry isn't allowed to use magic outside of school and certainly not in the presence of muggles. So this makes Vernon even more furious and says Harry is never going back to that school. And he meant it, seeing as he hired someone to put bars on Harry's window.
1: So now Harry's locked in his room, depressed, underfed, <laughs> and hasn't been outside in days.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, that's just that's terrible living conditions (laughs) for anybody like
1: Hedwig's also depressed so we just have a room full of depressed beings yes her food sucks because (laughs) Harry's giving her soggy vegetables out of his soup (laughs) comes through a cat door
0: I do I have to say and I'm surprised I thought I put it in here but I do love that that is Harry's first thought is to feed Hedwig what he's able to like that just speaks to Harry, because there are some that would just, like, you know, selfishly eat what they could and, like, you know, feed them a little bit later. You know what I mean? Like,
1: Harry's Correct. just a good dude, man. Anyway. So Harry has a terrible dream about being in a cage at the zoo. Go figure. Mm-hmm. As an attraction called Underage Wizard. Dobby is there. As well as the Dursleys, and he wakes from his dream to Ron Weasley outside his barred windows.
0: And that leads us to chapter three the burrow. That's my home. If I can have, like, my burrow, like, I will have a burrow one day. Um, anyway, <laughs> Laura was just like, bitch, like, I don't know, I might as well be only here.
1: if there's a farm.
0: Facts. Okay, it can, we talked about this. It could be the burrow on the farm. We discussed this, like, literally days ago.
1: Uh, which actually exactly
0: Christopher like disagreed to. He was finally like, okay, I guess that's just going to happen then. Um, so anyway, speaking of Harry Potter, uh, Fred, George, and Ron flew to Harry in their dad's enchanted turquoise car, which was hovering in the air level with Harry's window. The Weasleys came because Harry hadn't been responding to any of Ron's letters. And Mr. Weasley heard about his use of magic in front of muggles. Turns out Ron has asked Harry to come stay 12 times.
1: So it's important to note here, Mr. Weasley works for the ministry. I don't think we learned that before now, but I could be mistaken. Um, It mentions this on the next page, but he works in the misuse of Muggle Artifacts office. He basically tries to intercept Muggle items that have been bewitched before a Muggle can use it.
0: So Harry tries to explain that it wasn't him who used magic, but there are more pressing things, like escaping the Dursleys. Um, the brothers came prepared with rope, super handy, and they pulled the bars off Harry's window. Fred and George pick the lock to the cupboard and gather Harry's school things.
1: So Harry's almost escaped through his previously barred window when Hedwig screeches because he'd almost forgotten her. However, this woke up Uncle Vernon, who made his way to Harry's room. Harry rushes back to grab Hedwig as he dives for the floating car. Vernon grabs a hold of his ankles. The Weasley brothers manage to pull Harry into the car by his arms, and they flew away from Privet Drive, leaving behind three bewildered Dursleys for another school year.
0: I love that. It's like the greatest goodbye. Deuces so good um harry can't believe like he's finally free and i love that his first thought like after is just to let hedwig out to fly behind them um she's just been like as much a prisoner as harry has um so they have a bit of a ride ahead and harry tells the weasleys all about dubby and what happened to receive that letter from the ministry um fred and george believe this health this house elf was sent to stop harry from returning to hogwarts as a joke um possibly from Draco malfoy And this is where we learn a little bit more about the Malfoy family. Uh, Draco's father is Lucius. And Arthur Weasley has talked a lot about him like to the boys, uh, especially like Fred and George. um, More so like the older boys, I think. Uh, But Lucius was a big supporter of Voldemort.
1: And no one can confirm whether or not the Malfoys have a house elf. Apparently house elves are common among old wizards, uh, rich families. So they tend to come with big old manors and castles. Molly Weasley has always wanted one, but instead they have a ghoul in the attic. <laughs> I love that. We talk a little bit about Percy, who's been acting weird all summer. He's been spending all of his time in his room and sending a lot of letters
0: it's not for the reason that you guys think, okay? Um, I just have to say that because the whole time I was like, damn it. Um, But they have finally made it to the burrow just before sunrise. And I just want to read this description of the burrow. Honestly, it's just so great. Uh, It looked as though it had once been a large stone pig pen, but extra rooms had been added here and there until it was several stories high and so crooked it looked as though it were held up by magic, which Harry reminded himself it probably was. Four or five chimneys were perched on top of the red roof. "'A lopsided sign stuck in the ground "'near the entrance read, The Burrow. "'Around the front door lay a jumble of rubber boots "'and a very, I almost said a very crusty cauldron, "'a very (laughs) rusty cauldron. Um, "'Several fat brown chickens "'were pecking their way around the yard. "'It's not much,' said Ron. "'It's wonderful,' said Harry happily, "'thinking of Privet Drive. "'And I have to add here,' As much as I love this, I love what they did in um in the movie when he goes it's not much but it's home. Like I love that quote, it's my favorite. I always think about that like no matter how how I view my house, you know, like when you're just stuck in your house and you know like you see all the people online and what they have and it's like sometimes you're like oh man I wish but then I'm like, you know what? Like, I love what I have. Like, you know, to some, it might not be much, but to me, like, this is everything. This is my home. Like, this is where I build memories. So,
1: I mean, every time we go visit my family or like go away for a weekend, I'm like, we get home and I'm just so happy to be in my own house with all of my things and my stupid cats. Which-
0: <laughs> Bobby! <laughs> I'm calling out to the king and see if he'll come to me.
1: (laughs) They plan to enter the house quietly and sneak up to their bedrooms without Molly noticing. But that was just wishful thinking because she's a mom.
0: I was just gonna say that, like, bro, she's a mom. Like, fucking please.
1: So she rounds on them as quickly as ever. She's yelling at the boys. She's been worried all night long. Bed's empty. (laughs) Call gone. no note. (laughs) I love it. She's been worried all night long. I okay. <laughs> <laughs> lost my part here.
0: Yes, that was so fun. It was so funny. <laughs> anyway.
1: But then she takes a moment to welcome Harry and offer him breakfast.
0: And honestly, I'm so. like, I would have totally done the same. Like, totally done the same.
1: I can't believe you. Hello, dear. Would you like something to to You eat?
0: Which one so good um so I'm gonna read a little bit about the clock and the house because the clock is one of my favorite things about the house and I obviously love the house as it is so um the clock on the wall opposite him had only one hand and no numbers at all written around the edge were things like time to make tea time to feed the chickens and you're late books were stacked three deep on the mantelpiece books with titles like charm your own cheese enchantment in baking and one minute feast it's magic And unless Harry's ears were deceiving him, the old radio next to the sink had just announced that coming up was witching hour with the popular singing sorceress Celestina Warbeck. And I do like, I just, I love that. Like if we were in that world, I would imagine those would be the books, you know, that, that uh, a kitchen witch would have, you know, like, you know, or even like a a stay at home mom would have because she's baking and cooking all day. And I just think that's really cute.
1: I feel like I could just bring my mac and cheese to the next level if I had one. Oh, so true.
0: I also love, I have to add this, like, I love that Mrs. Weasley is scolding the boys, like, and she's just stuffing Harry with food and mothering him to death. Like, I I love her so much throughout this series. I feel like she's a very underplayed figure in Harry's life, you know, and all the kids' lives, honestly. Like, she really is, like, the mom of everybody, basically.
1: Ginny runs away from Harry, and the Weasleys go about denoming the garden. Things that we'll have to look forward to on the farm.
0: Yay! <laughs> At least we know <laughs> how after this book. <laughs> exactly.
1: Mrs. Weasley pulls out one of Gilderoy Lockhart's books, Gilderoy Lockhart's Guide to Household Pests. Lockhart has blonde hair, blue eyes, and he's very good looking. To denome, you must grab the gnome by its legs and basically swing it around enough to disorient it Throw it and hope it doesn't find its way back into your garden. Seems efficient. Yeah, hear it. (laughs) The boys make the game out of this to see who can throw their gnomes the farthest.
0: Just after that, Mr. Weasley returns home from work after having nine raids, which are, you know, like when he has to go into people's homes or whatever and like find muggle artifacts. Um, he talks about enchanted shrinking keys, which I personally love this whole conversation when Molly interrupts to tell Arthur about the boys, like, taking the enchanted car in the night. <laughs> so good. So
1: Arthur is the one who wrote the law with very specific loopholes in it. It's legal for him to own an enchanted car so long as he never intends to fly said enchanted car. <laughs> Then when Molly lets him know that three of his sons flew the enchanted car to Surrey and back to get Harry, Arthur is more interested in finally meeting Harry Potter instead of being concerned about how he got to their house.
0: Which is fair enough. I mean, it is Harry Potter. Um, So uh, Ron and Harry leave to go up to Ron's room, which is at the very top of the house. Um, I'm just going to read. A little paragraph uh, about Ron's, Ron's room. Um, they climbed up two more flights until they reached a door with appealing peeling paint and a small plaque on it saying Ronald's room. Oh. Harry stepped in, his head almost touching the sloping ceiling, and blinked. It was like walking into a furnace. Nearly everything in Ron's room seemed to be a violent shade, a violent shade of orange. I love it. Um, the bed spread the walls, even the ceiling. Then Harry realized that Ron had covered nearly every inch of the shabby wallpaper with posters of the same seven witches and wizards, all wearing bright orange robes, carrying broomsticks, and waving energetically. Um, This is the Quidditch team, the Chudley Cannons. Um, But I just like that little bit about Ron. You know, I just think it gives us some insight to who he is. Um, But Ron points out how small it is, and it makes me so sad that he always does this. Um, like, throughout the series, it's always about his worth, you know, like, as a wizard. And it's, like, your worth is not what you have. Like, there's so much more to it. Um, But honestly, you guys, like, that's it. Like, that's, I mean, the first couple chapters are, like, I mean. really chill, you know? So this was not, like, an eccentric episode. Um, but we do have- a But question. we have facts. Yes, we have facts. We don't have any questions, unless Allura has questions. I don't have any questions, but um, let's get into facts, bitch. <laughs> sorry. This is so
1: aggressive. So
0: this aggressive. I'm so sorry. I call her bitch all the time, you guys. Like, when we text, it's always bitch, this. Like, it's, it's never like, oh, hey, boo, or like, hey, love, hey, babe. No, it's bitch. Like, there is no other suitable name.
1: think i use bruh.
0: oh yeah i use i use bro or dude that's pretty much it i say bruh in real life though all right
1: so bitch unnecessary (laughs) chapter three internationally acclaimed singing sensation Celestina warbeck sometimes known as the singing sorceress hails from wales hails from wales
0: from wales
1: yeah. That was Dina's extraordinary voice, was apparent from an early age, disappointed to learn that there was no such thing as a wizarding stage school. Mrs. Warbeck reluctantly consented to her daughter's enrollment at Hogwarts, but subsequently bombarded the school with letters urging the creation of a choir, theater club, and dancing class to showcase her daughter's talents. It reminds me of Daddy Warbuck's.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. It honestly reminds me of Step Up, like the second one, <laughs> the streets. <laughs> she gets sent to the school and it's like all the okay, kids were taking like is, choir. This is
1: Warbeck. I don't know. So it
0: Warback. wasn't that. I was just thinking about like the school and like all the classes and I'm like, God damn, like they did this too. Like it was a lot. But yes, no, I do. I get you. I get your reference to Annie. Okay. All right. First of all, I love the OG Annie and I can't find it anywhere. Like I've the tried the girl with the,
1: with the girl with the red hair? Yes. See, okay. I like the one that we grew up with that's on Disney Plus. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's on Disney Plus?
1: It's one that yeah, it's not the super old one. It's the one that was made in like 97 with um is Rosie O'Donnell in it or something. Okay, Hold on. So
0: please look this up because I need to understand. Maybe we're not thinking about the same one. I'm thinking about the one, I don't know, the one that I used to play all the time at Nana's. Little redhead with, like, the fro. Like, it wasn't, like, cute pigtails or nothing. She just had, like, a bomb-ass, curly-ass fro.
1: Okay, so the cast in the one that I'm thinking of, Kathy Bates plays Miss Hannigan.
0: No, that's not the one. And
1: Victor Garber plays Daddy Warbucks.
0: No, I'm thinking of the one with the really hot Daddy Warbucks. I had such a crush on that fucking man. It's probably why I'm with Chris and his bald ass to this day, honestly. like,
1: Yeah, uh, that's. Oh well.
0: Yeah, no, it's the really skinny, scary um woman that plays
1: Yeah, I know who you're talking about for that one.
0: That's the one that I grew up on. Man, I remember when Papa took us to go see Annie. Oh my Carol God.
1: Burnett plays Miss Hannigan in that one.
0: Oh so good.
1: And I think yeah, Tim Curry, isn't it?
0: 1982 is the one that I'm thinking of, I think.
1: But yep. the one that came out in nineteen ninety
0: nine. No, I'm not a fan of that one. Mine is the nineteen eighty two one. That's my shit. Oh, the nineteen ninety nine one. one. I, oh, I know what one you're talking about. I don't like that one. No, I I do not like that one. Well,
1: I don't like you. Well, that's fine. I like right. the OG man. Finish finish your quilt quill cool, cool, whatever, bitch.
0: Again. sorry. <laughs> Such a good, such a good fucking movie. <coughs> anyway, you know what? That movie probably did a lot of fucking damage to redheaded children, and I I will stand by that because redheaded stepchild. Anybody like where did where did they get that?
1: Yeah, but Oliver Warbucks treats her great. I mean so. that is true. That's accurate.
0: Um, see, some adopted children lead
1: good lives. I guess
0: we're cutting all. Yeah, the- if
1: you're adopted by a rich business city. Well,
0: so funny this dude like changes his heart after anyway
1: like the Grinch that stole christmas
0: so true like just like (laughs) like, let's shove love down this dude's throat um anyway (laughs) so um continuing the chapter three quill fact there's one more it says there is one major exception to the general magical aversion to muggle technology and that is the car and to a lesser extent, motorbikes and trains. Many wizards love cars with a childlike passion. So that's just a little thing. Like I said, I have no questions. I don't know if Alara has questions. I do no. not. Okay, okay.
1: So our next episode will be about chapters four through five. It's a bit shorter than usual, so be sure you read those chapters if you want to read along with us. That episode will be live on Wednesday the 27th, but if you support us on Patreon... You will have early access. You can find us at patreon.com backslash forward slash. I mean, forward slash. (laughs) I'm not rereading this again, but we will leave you the link in the episode description as well.
0: There's no turning back, you guys. We are in this now. Um, so you can follow us on Instagram at Sisters of Lore Pod and on Facebook, Sisters of Lore Podcast and Twitter, Sisters of Lore. I hate that we had to do it this way, you guys. I do apologize. Um, yes.
1: <laughs> well, thank you all so much for listening in on this madness today. And I hope that you join us again for our next episode.
0: XOXO Bye.
1: Sisters of Lore. I had to
0: grab blueberries.
1: Um, oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
0: I had to. What do you want me to do? I need some way to entertain this crazy child. He's literally. Have I told you this? He is Donny from the Wild Thornberries. Yes. Yes. That's him. <laughs> um,